Oh, there we go. Hey, uh, yep, we had dead air out there. Now we got it. We're going on. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, we got a, a, a few technical changes here. We're doing all right. Oh, it's uh, and uh, on uh, October. I guess it's that week. I think Halloween's coming up next week, and things are starting to go spooky, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, glad you're listening to SWAT Radio. Sorry about the dead air. It is Monday, October 24th, and uh, I'd like to thank all our listeners in Mississippi on WMER 1390 and 93.1 FM and WMOX 1010 AM up on the Lighthouse and here in Georgia, uh, or in Folkestone, Georgia on 91.3, Jacksonville 91.7, and St. Augustine 91.9. We are starting this week off. Hopefully, it will get better, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy's in there as the uh, producer in there, and hopefully uh, you can hear us now. But, uh, yeah, Brad is not here this week. That's probably the problem. Brad isn't here. He is out of town. Uh, His grandson is having a heart cath today, and then he is having uh, some pretty major complicated surgery on the 27th. So remember the Sykes family. Pray for them. And, uh also pray for a couple of our SWAT brothers who are struggling with some physical things. And uh, we're just excited you're with us today. It is a uh, a Monday, a lot going on this week. Uh, I think there's a football game, somebody told me, on Saturday uh, between uh, Florida and Georgia. Oh, yeah, that's right, Florida and Georgia coming up. Big game this weekend. I think there'll be a lot of festivities. There's always a big tailgate for that thing. And uh, who knows what's going to happen in that game. We'll just have to wait and see. If you're just tuning into SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and it, it spawned out of a uh, Bible study uh, that takes place here in Jacksonville. Actually, there's five studies, and I call SWAT uh, the Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And our core values are uh, God's Word; it's our starting point and authority, and then prayer staying close to our commander, evangelism, engaging witnesses for impact, discipleship, making Christ's last command our first priority, and community, a band of brothers around the word. And that's really uh, what SWAT was about, getting a band of brothers. When I was in the SWAT team and the FBI, and even when I was in the Marine Corps, the camaraderie, the mission-drivenness and focus is what um, I felt like God was calling me to be a part of on the daily Bible studies and so that's what we've started doing with these, uh, or the weekly Bible studies called SWAT. We're in Acts chapter 17. Today we're going to be looking at verses 22 through 34 this week. Every week we just kind of review what we covered at the SWAT last week. And so if you want to jump on one of those, we have a Zoom one for all the people that are outside of the Jacksonville area. If you live in town, uh, we have uh, four different or five different locations in town, really four, because one of them is a Zoom. But uh, out at Woody's Barbecue on Solano Road on Wednesday mornings, on uh, Wednesday lunch here at the Salem Center on Bentley Road uh, by Phillips and uh, Butler Boulevard, and then Thursday morning at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food at 6.30, and then on uh, Thursday night at 7 p.m. Zoom, and uh, then on Friday morning down at the uh, Village Inn in St. Augustine. So you're welcome to join us. If you want to be part of the Zoom, you need to shoot an email to me at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com, and I'll be happy to add you. Uh, In fact, I I had a couple of people do that last week. I'm going to be adding you to the mailing list this week, and you should get an invite to that Zoom call. Well, a lot going on in our world. It seems to be just digressing uh, daily, not just here in the U.S., but across 
in a lot of different places. For the first time, I think in history, uh, Britain has voted in a non-Christian leader, which is really kind of crazy. He is a Hindu, and um, he is now the new prime minister over there. It it doesn't mean that they've all been Bible-believing Christians, but they've all been professing Christians, and they they supposedly affirm Christian values. And it'll be interesting to see how this new prime minister will impact that part of the world and even their relationship with us. But even in our country, I don't know if you were watching over the weekend or even some of the things that have been going on in our country. Our president was uh, interviewed the other day, and in the interview, he said that um, transgender surgeries uh, should not be banned by the states. It's wrong. He said it's wrong for them to ban gender-affirming care, which, you know, a, a friend of mine, a guy who was a minister out in Texas, he tweeted something not too long ago, and, it, you know, is really true. As believers, we, we, we sometimes don't speak to these issues, but, you know, he said that he w- I'm going to expand the definition of child abuse to include parents who don't affirm not gender dysphoria, but the mental illness of gentle dysphoria. Because what our president is saying is that it's wrong for states to ban gender affirming care, which is, in other words, it's affirming gender dysphoria. And that really is a form of child abuse, what they're doing with the gender uh, therapies uh, that, you know, trying to give them um, hormones or block hormones in their body. And, uh, you know, it, at one point in the interview, Biden was asked by a 25-year-old transgender uh, if the state should have the right to ban gender-affirming health care. And he said, I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question. Well, who determines those morals? I mean, does... Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, determined those morals? Is it because he said it? Because the president and the leader of any country always stands secondary to God. And morally, we know that the Bible speaks to these issues. Uh, and it's, it's you know, he says it's a legal thing and a moral thing, and he says it's wrong. I just thank God that right now we have, a governor in the state of Florida that really kind of pushes back on a lot of this stuff. And he, uh, he expresses these values that, you know, people who affirm the Bible believe in, um, you know, I, I, Biden just, he made this statement that I feel very, very strongly that you should have every single solitary right, including use of your gender identity bathrooms when public. That's just crazy. So in other words, I, as a male, could go into any bathroom under the Biden philosophy and go into a female bathroom, just say, I I believe I identify as a woman today. In fact, I did that one time at a Target because I really had to go to the bathroom and the male, there, there there was no place to do it. And the female knocked on the door and there was no females in there. So I went in and somebody made a comment and I said, well... Today I'm identifying as a as a as a female. No, I, I I actually just asked an employee, could I do that? And they affirmed that I could. And it's just wrong because no man should be able to go into a female bathroom. And you're not a man because you believe you're a man. You're a man because your DNA says you're a man. That's you can't change the DNA. And as much as the progressives and the liberals try to do those things. It, it just it they can't change the DNA. Uh, I'm sure they're going to try one day, but um, you know this is somebody. One of the um, one of the uh, newspaper writers said this isn't the winning midterm message to send out, but um, the Democratic Party position is that puberty blockers and sex reassignment surgery for kids is a good thing. I don't think so. We will affirm that it's not. 
uh, we will affirm that it's not because the Bible doesn't affirm that. The Bible affirms God created them male and female. And, and we will affirm what the Bible says. The Bible is our authority. We put ourselves underneath that authority as his people, his followers. And when we put him on display, we speak his truth. We don't alter the contents of his word to bend to our culture. And I really encourage you as believers out there, do not cave on these issues, whether it's the homosexuality issue, and a lot of churches are, a lot of denominations are. They're caving to that, the transgender issue. And so uh, when we come back, we're, we're going to be uh, looking at Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 34. And listen, if you want to call in, you're welcome to call in 844 844- 777-7928 that's 844-777-SWAT and uh, you can call in with questions or comments and uh, Jeremy will take your call he will uh, be asking you what you're wanting to talk about so uh, just let him know uh, or if you don't want to be on the air you can send it to ask at SWATradio.com we'll be right back after this station break If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without you. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries and um, my. Co-host Brad Sykes is in Austin, Texas with his family, and uh, they are out there. Uh, Graham, his grandson, is having surgery. Uh, today he's having a heart cath, and then on Thursday he will be having a, a not Thursday, I think it's uh, the 27th, probably maybe Friday, or whenever the 27th is. <laughs> he's having uh, going to have uh, major heart surgery to correct some of the things that were going on in there. So uh, keep them lifted up in prayer. I should have uh, one of my SWAT brothers in here shortly, who is uh, also one of the guys that teaches at one of our SWATs. And uh, he, in fact, he taught last week on the, on the, the passage we are at, at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, Craig Henderson. And so uh, when you are, uh, when, when you're, hearing me don't just by myself don't worry you don't have to hear that very much longer because uh, craig will be in here shortly uh, to discuss this and by the way if you want to join in you're welcome to call in at uh, again that number is 844-777-7928 and right before the break i was just talking about what's going on in our country uh, what our president said uh, and you know bill barr who made a comment um the former attorney general um not too long ago said that what's we're seeing in our culture is this assault on religious and traditional values is not just uh, general moral decay of our country. It is organized destruction by secularist 
and their allies among the progressives. They've all kind of come together and they've colluded with, uh, you know, the mass media, pop culture, all the entertainment at the, the, you know, the universities uh, and this assault on religious and traditional values of our country. And if we as believers are not shining a light on the truth, we are failing to be who God created us to be. He created us, according to Exodus 19 and 1 Peter 2, to be people that would put him on display, to be his priest out in the world. And so we we need to be beacons of light in this dark culture. Uh, Our problem a lot of times is we want to shine light where there's light. No, we need to be shining out in the dark culture. We need to be not part of the culture, but we need to be impacting the culture. And so as we think about that, we, you know, this week we're looking at the Apostle Paul as he was in Athens, which Athens was one of the most uh, idolistic cultures in the world. In fact, it was known for idols. It was said that there's more idols in Athens than men. In fact, there were 30,000 idols there and only 10,000 people in that city. But Athens was known as the center of culture, the center of uh, philosophy, the center of, uh, you know, just learning. And Paul was on his way pushing toward Rome. Why? Because Rome was the political capital of the world, and they controlled all the roads. They had the the strongest army. They were kind of in charge of everything. But really, Athens... And the the philosophers there, they really impacted the world, and the religious people there impacted the world. Uh, Athens was kind of like New York or L.A. is in the United States as far as being the center of culture, art, and known for that that kind of stuff. And uh, we, we've talked about the last couple of weeks about Paul and Silas as they turned their world upside down when they went. On the second missionary journey, Paul is pushing out toward Rome. And remember, first he went into um, he went into Philippi, and then he went into Thessalonica, and then Berea, and now he's at Athens. And just as we looked at his journey through um, Thessalonica and Berea, we we saw that. What they he and Silas were men that turned the world upside down. That's how they described them. And how did they do that? How did they have such an impact? Well, first of all, we said they lived boldly. And we we looked at how they interacted with the people, and we said for us to live boldly, we have to know God, not just profess a knowledge of God, and it's not just about knowing about God, but we have to know God. And then we said that they spoke biblically. And we that means, we, and how do we do that? We said we had to know God's word. You know, Joshua, Joshua 1.8 says to meditate on that word. It says the book, this book of the law, talking about the word, God's word shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to, to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Throughout the Old Testament, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, right you know, right before this, you see God saying, if you come back to my truth, if you know my truth and you apply my truth, it's going to go well for you. When you depart from that, and listen, it doesn't mean everything in your life is going to work out good, but it, you will incur consequences when you get outside God's design. And that's whether it relates to the uh, transgender issue, whether the homosexuality issue, uh, whether it's any issue, even sex outside of marriage today. We're living in unprecedented times in our culture. And it was a lot like this in Corinth, where we're going to see next week that, that people were getting sexually involved and not marriage god designed men and women to enjoy sex in the confines of a marriage 
It was by his design. It is a gift. And people misuse that gift the way they misuse a lot of things. I heard a guy say the other day, there's a really good illustration. He goes, you know, there's a lot of good uses for chainsaws, but you don't, you don't use a chainsaw for a toothpick, right? It will mess you up really bad. And, and it's the same way with the gift of sex. It is a gift to us as human beings, but it, it needs to be used in the context of the way it was designed. God designed it. So you have to be able to know how, uh, know God first and then know his word to speak biblically. And this gospel that we bring to people has to be open to debate. And that's what happened in Thessalonica and to private research, which is what happened in Bereans. It says they searched the scriptures. But we also saw we have to share inclusively. And we saw how there were women there. You know, a lot of times Christianity gets a bad rap because women are seen as devalued in the patriarchal culture. They're said they're not important. That's simply not true. Paul goes in here and uh, he, Paul goes in and he opens the, the gospel to women as well as men. And he shared inclusively. And why, uh, how do we do that as believers? We know God's heart for all people. We don't get to choose. We're just messengers to all people and all people groups. And then we saw we need to suffer trustingly. And Paul was constantly being um, persecuted, but he kept on going. How do we do that as believers? We know God is always in control. And Paul understood that. And then uh, when we saw Paul initially in, um, in Mars, not Mars Hill, but when he got to Athens, what happened is he was being persecuted. They took him to Athens. And what happened there is he looks out and he sees all these idols in the city and it provokes him. And we saw to have an impact, you've got to also be able to see the world with divine eyes. That means how do we do that? You follow Jesus, you seek his kingdom. And as you're doing that, he's going to give you those divine eyes to see. And then as you see the world with divine eyes, you then engage the world with a divine message. How do you do that? We always know God's gospel and be ready to share. I'm amazed at the number of people that I will talk to and say, why don't you share the gospel? Believers, and they go, well, I don't, I don't, know, how, I don't know what to say. Well, to share the gospel, there's really one requirement. You just need to know the gospel. And you, if you're a believer, you you. You can't be a believer if you don't know the gospel. At least you've not been uh, born yet. You you may be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life somewhere, but you've not manifested that belief in this human body to where you've been regenerated and able to walk in following Jesus. And so you should always be ready to share. And we talked about 90% of, the witness, of witnessing is just starting a conversation. You move from superficial to struggles, to sources of hope. In the conversation, we start off, hey, how are you? I'm fine. Where are you from? That kind of thing. Then you move into, hey, what do you think about what's going on in our world? And then you talk about how do you deal with that, and you share with them. And we looked at Colossians 4, 2 through 6, how Paul really is writing the Colossian church, and he says, listen, you people need to be people of prayer, people that care, and people that share. And we talked about that being a great um, a great way to share the gospel. We start with prayer, then you build bridges through caring for people, and then you have opportunities to share. And so that was what we saw up until last week. That's what we covered on the air last week. Now this week, we're going to be looking at 1722 to 34, as Paul is now drug off to the Areopagus, which was not just a location, but it was a group of men and that, that oversaw all religious discussion in Athens. And they either gave you their stamp of approval, like you're okay, or they didn't. And what's really interesting about Paul's discussion with the Epicureans and the Stoics, and we'll talk about them when we come back, is they didn't shut him off. They let him talk. They, they said, this is interesting. We want to know more. And so there's two things I want you to think about as we go to this text after the, the, the news break. 
that as God's priest, he calls us to discern the bridges with our audience, whatever the audience is. And second, to declare, you can't just build a bridge. You got to walk over that bridge with the message of how big our God is and his truth about how to know him. And we're going to talk about that. Craig Henderson just came into the studio. Craig, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, and so uh, when we come back, you and I are going to look at this first idea uh, of what it means to really discern bridges of what's going on with our audience, who they are, and how we can walk across that bridge with the gospel. All right? Looking forward to it, Doug. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. Um, You can uh, listen to this or any past broadcast by going to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. We'll be right back after the news on SWAT Radio. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I'm glad. To have my brother Craig Henderson, who is uh, one of the teachers and leaders of the uh, Mandarin SWAT group that meets at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, and uh, in the studio with me now, because uh, now you don't have to listen to me anymore alone. You get to listen to Craig uh, be able to uh, to uh, share. You know, the, the thing I loved about this particular study, I, I entitled it "The Greatest Message Ever Told," because in the Areopagus. This message had never been told because they said the Epicureans, if you go back to last week's study, it said this is strange new teaching, which means they had never heard it. Now, that's hard to believe when you stop and think about it, that in Athens, which is, I don't know, this is 50 years after Christ died, or approximately, and it's in the known world. I mean, you think about that fact that they're saying these. This is the center of philosophical and intelligent debate about uh, philosophy. Yeah, isn't that what did they what did they do there? Then they just kind of talk about different things. What yeah, was it said they talked about those things all the time. In fact, that's what Luke records. He said they would spend their time in talking about n- nothing but new ideas. But it fascinates me that that. They hadn't talked about Jesus and the resurrection yet. You know, we think, when we think about it spreading through the world, we think about it going all over, but it hadn't got here. And Athens was so central to the Roman aspect. The Romans knew about it, but the Romans aren't going to go into Athens and talk about Jesus. Why would they talk about Jesus there? He's of no value to the people of Athens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he wasn't. In their minds. Yeah, he wasn't the Caesar, so they're only talking about what, yeah. what they wanted to have people believe. Yeah, they, they're they not going to talk about some guy that, in their views, was a poor uh, homeless guy who claimed to be one of the Jewish messiahs. So, anyway, uh, you know, as we... So I called this the greatest message ever told because it's Paul... Versus the Areopagus, Paul versus the men of Mars Hill, Paul. But remember, he's by himself. Yeah, it's like one guy, isn't it? He's by himself in front of this whole. It's like this a, whole my... council. It's like a council. It 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 would be like I say, okay, Craig, uh, you're going to Harvard next week, and they're they're having a lot of different um, leaders from like around the country, MIT, Stanford, all these different places, and they're discussing how we got here and you know uh, what what the gods are really like that that you know the 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 gods and you're going to go they want to hear what you have to say about this god named Jesus and uh, think about that and it's just you and all these other people out there no I mean, no no people from SWAT no SWAT brothers with you nobody from your church 
You're just up there by yourself. Think about that. I'd be pretty overwhelmed. I'd be pretty overwhelmed. And and you see, even when Paul, we're going to talk about this week when Paul went to Corinth, I think he was pretty discouraged because when you go in, Paul knew Paul knew the law. You know what it's like to talk to somebody that could care less about the Bible, right? I mean, oh, yeah. when yeah. you talk to people like that, sometimes it can be discouraging because you're trying to talk to them and they look at you like you're the biggest idiot in the world or you believe in some fable and and this is your life. I mean, this was Paul's life, the Bible, the old the Torah and the writings and now he saw how they were fulfilled in Christ. So he's bringing this message of hope to these people that are pagans. And but notice what he does and I love the way he did the first thing the first principle we said is you know, God calls us to discern the bridges with our audience. Now, it says in verse 22, while he was standing in the midst, just that statement by Luke alone, it's almost like standing right in the middle of the guys from the Areopagus. He said, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. And what he's saying there, the Greek word really means like a word you are worshiper or have a fear of demons Hmm. uh superstitious fear of the unknown and uh, they they if you think about their gods right i mean they had thirty thousand gods there because they they wanted they even had that one to the unknown god that he's going to mention why because they wanted to make sure that when they left or they might anger a god, they wanted to be able to appease whatever deity there was out there. They, Because in every man's heart and woman's heart, there is a God puts eternity there in every person's heart. So deep down, they know there's a creator that one day they're going to meet. Now, they may not, they may deny it, but deep down they know it. It's almost like they're so afraid of missing whatever it is that's in their heart that they can't find that they create different gods for every little every little shadow in life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and and you know what I love about Paul's interaction here is he he is connecting with these men. He's not coming in saying, you know, you demon worshiping people. He's saying, "Listen, I see you're very religious." And he says, even as I walked along, I saw uh, the objects uh, I observed. Two key words in verse 22, I perceived. In fact, Craig, why don't you read? Do you, do you have a, a copy of the, the uh, ESV by chance? Yes, I do. All right. Could you read, read just verse 22 and 23 today? So Paul, standing in the midst of the Aragopolis, said, Men of Athens, I perceived that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. Okay, so what Paul is saying is, you people are worshiping, and I see that, and I want to commend you for that. But you have an altar to the unknown God. I want to tell you about that God. It wasn't to an unknown God in general. It was to the one they may have missed. And that's exactly what Paul wants to address. So he's discerning the bridges with our audience. And I I just want to ask you, if you're out there listening today, when you think about your neighbor, uh, you think about the person at your grocery store, the person wherever you work out, the person at your school, the person you know that you encounter out in the world that is not from your tribe. <laughs> the per- it, it, just to to use terms that people are using today in a lot of ways, the person who isn't like you. Are you discerning the bridges that are there? Are are you looking to see what bridges are there? That's what Paul did. And that is part of what a lot of people in the world do when they share the gospel narratively by story. 
In other words, our lives are just a part of a story. We all are part of a story. Craig, you're part of a story. I'm part of a story. We're part of a bigger story. And I was taught back in the 90s by a couple of guys, Leighton Ford, uh, Lon Allison, Dr. Lon, who has gone to be with Jesus, and uh, Dr. Perry Bowers, this model of sharing the gospel called narrative evangelism. And it starts with the story of the listener. And you, you start by asking them questions to discern their story. Where are they coming from? What is their worldview? You know, what, what is their felt need? Because everybody walks around with different felt needs, right? I mean, they like some people are lonely. Some people are sad. Uh, some people feel discouraged. Some people um, make bad choices and end up with some bad consequences. We all have a story. And so that's the starting point. But then you build a bridge between their story and your story. Only in your story, instead of addressing a felt need, you address the creational need that is there. The reason that we're lonely is because God put in the heart of every man a desire for a relationship. That's a creational need. You cannot be an island. No man lives alone and is truly happy. I don't care who it is, right? Yeah, I mean, this this thing, the way Paul approached this really convicted me because many times I'll come up to people and I'll listen and I'll think, oh, this person is, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll frankly, confession, I'll judge. You know, and Paul looked, took the long view and really looked into what their situation was mm-hmm. and connected with them where they were, mm-hmm. which is, I thought, so powerful in how this whole thing plays out and how he does this. Well, you know, for so long, Craig, I remember sharing the gospel and being taught to share the gospel with starting with a question, are you a hundred percent sure you're going to heaven? Yeah. Well, what does that do? First of all, the person on the other end is, is going to be immediately convicted with the possibility that they're going to be eternally damned from God. And there's no hope. Now, listen, I'm not saying we don't share bad news with them. We do, but wouldn't a better way be to start to say, uh, you know, I I see that um, I see that you know you are uh, seem a little down today. What's wrong? What's going on in your life? And then to get that person to start opening up and talking to you, because typically in our culture, a lot of people are so busy doing their own thing, they don't ever take the time to invest in asking how someone is doing. Yeah, I think having the having the care for somebody. And I think you used this term Prayer earlier. Prayer care, yeah. Yeah, that the, the people don't really have a lot of people that care for them in their lives. They're just like, um, you know, tra- transactional interactions back and forth. And, yeah. And social media stuff. Yeah, people, people are, you can, I was talking to a guy earlier today who just told me about some guy who was a, a mutual friend of ours, and he said, no, he doesn't call me anymore because I can't do anything for him. And that's the way people feel. They just feel used by people. But in this narrative form, you start with their story. You bridge to your story. Then you bridge to a Jesus story. Mm-hmm. And in a Jesus story, you pick one of the multitude of stories in Scripture where Jesus deals with people. And you bridge from a Jesus story to the Jesus story, which Jesus died on the cross Uh, to pay the penalty for our sins and was resurrected after three days and now he is intervening for us and he reigns as Lord and then you invite them to respond when we come back uh, you're welcome to call 844-777-7928 and weigh in on any of this and we're going to go talk a little bit about expanding that giving you an illustration that when we return okay all right uh, Craig good to have you in here Thanks for listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after this uh, station break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is our last segment today. If you want to call in, like I said, the number is 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. With any questions or comments, um, or you can send it to ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. I have Craig Henderson in the studio today with me as we're looking at uh, Act 17 Specifically, just verses 22 and 23, Paul's at Mars Hill. You know, Craig, Abraham Lincoln said this was the greatest speech ever given. Yeah, I think it's powerful because Abraham Lincoln's probably wrote the greatest speech in American history. Yeah. And for him to think this is the greatest speech ever written yeah, is really it, powerful. It, it is. And I, I want to go to just a couple of words that we we you read a while ago. When Paul says, men of Athens, I perceived, that Greek word there means, in the original language, a sustained attention. Do we have a problem with attention in our country today? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yeah, sustained attention on anything is, a, is really a rarity. Yeah. And Paul, well, think about it. I was thinking of Abraham Lincoln and the debates our debates today are just two, three-word bites, right? Yeah, like sound bites back Those, and forth. Him and uh, Lincoln and Douglas debated for, what, eight hours? Wow. I think it was eight really? hours. Eight hours. Can you imagine anybody tuning in to an eight-hour debate? It ain't going to happen today. No. And so uh, the other word in verse 23, um, he says, As I passed along and I observed the objects of your worship, he that, that word means found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he had to look. He was looking. Paul was looking for a way to engage. He was discerning the bridges with our audience. And uh, in verse uh, 23, he says, to the unknown God, the world will leave you empty. You, you can look at all the things that this world has to offer, every See, our idols are not Apollo and Zeus. Our idols are money, power, sex, um, relationship, family, uh, yep. our own identity. Those are all idols. And it will leave you empty if you don't have the right relationship with the unknown God. But he can be known. And that's what Paul tells him. I want to proclaim to you, which is an amazing miracle, that God would reach into Athens and we're going to see in verse 34 that one of the Areopagites named Dionysius, Dionysius mm-hmm. trusted Christ that day. His name was in the book of life. So God brought Paul to Mars Hill to the Areopagus because of Dionysus. That's right. Isn't that great? Well, I, I, I've heard some stories recently about, you know, the, the 99 versus the 1. And Dionysius was the one. Yeah, he was right? the one there. Yeah. Hey, we got a caller. Uh, Austin, uh, welcome to SWAT Radio. How you doing? I'm wonderful, guys. And how are y'all? We're good. Very good, Austin. Happy Monday to you. Very good. I just, happy Monday to you as well. Praise the Lord. I just wanted to call and, and thank Craig for uh, just stepping up and uh, being able to share the word with us brothers and just encourage anyone else who's 
out there that's listening that um, I guess maybe doesn't attend SWAT to really get into it. Um, it was just a couple months ago when uh, I called in and Doug, you had invited me in, and um, it, it just it means a lot to me to be able to have the word opened and uh, just to share with you guys and just how deep we go into it. And uh, I mean, the, I know it's all the Holy Spirit that opens and reveals things to us, but it really does help uh, to have some brotherly love that um, has, has opened the word and, and uh, you know, knows how to navigate through it. So um, I just thank you guys so much for what you do. Well, and, and Austin, I have thoroughly enjoyed having you be a part and, you know, for guys to come together around the word, it, it's there's no there's no substitute for that. You can't talk a little bit, Austin, just for a second about the difference between being there on Thursday mornings at the Mandarin SWAT and just being by yourself at home reading the Bible. I mean, it's not that it, 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 isn't it just encouraging to have those brothers around you? It is. It's it's night and day. I mean, um, uh, granted, it's great to get in the Word any time, um, but one word that comes to me is is, is isolated. Uh, whenever you're with your brothers, um, being able to open the Word um, and just share and fellowship, um, you know, there's a common union, a bond that's formed uh, whenever you open the Word with, with others and, and being able to do it in a public place. And, um, yeah, it's just it, it really does lighten up my entire day, being able to leave out of there, feeling empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, just to, to be able to be sent, you know. Um, granted, you know, it, the same thing happens whenever we're reading at home and um, able to get into the Word. But you're right, there is a, a different... Um, a, a different sphere that comes from gathering as, as brothers and uh, being able to be sent out of there into the day. So it is, it is wonderful. Well, Hey, I want to ask you, were you there last week when Craig taught? Yes, sir. Okay. So were you challenged at all by the narrative form of evangelism versus the old presuppositional, you know, three points in a poem kind of sharing with people or start, you know what I'm talking about? Were you challenged by that? Oh, most definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, even when I got into, you know, just feeling the spirit and wanting to share myself, cause it's just like, you know, when you have a good meal or you listen to a good song, you don't want to keep it in yourself. You want to tell the world about it and to share it, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm sure just like you guys, like you've said before, being able to, um, you know, being told, you know, I know once it was when I was young, Oh, well, you're a sinner and you, you have to admit that you're a sinner and, and do these bullet points before, you know, and that's not really the greatest way to get to someone's heart yeah. and, uh, being able to, I, I guess, you know, see, see it on paper, um, just kind of how Paul did it. it. It was just amazing how he was um, just brought brought to the heart of these men and used kind of what what they were using as worship. And 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 you know, uh, I just went went in there and was like, look, you, you know, you, you do worship. You you worship this this unknown God, and that's that's the God I'm going to tell you about right now. And uh, I, I just think it's amazing being able to evangelize and. Uh, to share Jesus and not just, uh, you know, a church or a brand or bringing people into a building, you know, to share the, the living God that lives in our hearts and just to be open and, and, and to share them like, like the way Paul did. Well, well, Austin, thanks for calling and thanks for that encouraging word. And listen, if you're out there as a, as a, as a guy uh, who is not involved with a study, um, I, I really encourage you to think about coming to one of the the studies, uh, if you can't get off in the morning or be there at lunch on Wednesday, uh, then jump on the Zoom on a, on a Thursday night. Even the guys on Zoom, we have a good group of guys. we got guys from all over the country that get on there. And um, it's just, we're just working through this text. And, you know, until I benefited from expository teaching, most of growing up, I listened to topical sermons. There's nothing wrong with a topical sermon, but when you go through the Bible ex expositorily and you see what the writer was saying in the context, what was going on, it's so much more to me impactful in my life uh, rather than just um, a topical. Uh, again, topical sermons can be expository too, but I am learning, like Craig, I was just last week, uh, when I was teaching through Acts 17 and this passage, and now I'm in my devotional reading, I've been reading through Thessalonians and, and mm. you know, and Galatians, 
and Ephesians and and your Philippians. When I'm reading through those now, I'm reading about things Paul's writing as he's doing this. Yeah, isn't that powerful? That that's where he's, the church is. You read about him planting the church and getting started, and then the letter that goes he wrote, back to Yeah, him. it goes back to Thessalonians. So you're, you're like, yeah. oh, wow, he really had a fondness for these people. You know, because when you first read and, uh, you know, uh, when he went to Thessalonica, Paul had to reason. He had to convince them. They debated with him. And you go, what a bunch of knuckleheads. But they really weren't. He loved these people. And they ended up, they were a precious group of people to him. He wrote them two letters, you know, and said, read it everywhere to these people over there. So, uh but anyway, I'm I'm so glad Austin is part of SWAT. I'm glad he, you know, he did. I remember the day he called in, and we in, I invited him to come, and he showed up, and he's just been there ever since. So he's a powerful brother. Yeah, really, it's great to have him there. Yeah, he is. Well, um, you know, as tomorrow and Wednesday, we we're going to look at these two ideas of the bigness and the truth about God. And we're also going to look at how Paul reasoned. He, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he spoke to both the Epicureans and the Stoic philosophies. You had two different groups. This is almost like uh, Florida and Florida State. You know, you got two people that are philosophers, but they ain't on the same team, right? They're That's different, right. Yeah. and and they are not going to be hanging out at the same burger bar, right? <laughs> They're going exactly to be somewhere right. else. But but with Paul, they came together and they said, "Hey, this guy's an idle babbler. He's just, you know, what kind is this strange teaching?" And Paul, as he's sharing the gospel, remember he's defending what he taught about Jesus, but he never mentions well in First John or in Romans two or in. You know, or uh, for him, he would have been saying, well, over in the Torah or over in the wisdom books, he didn't say that. He's just giving them the truth. He spoke to them in a language they would understand. That's right, because they were pagans. Right. They didn't know the Torah. They didn't know the writings of the the Bible. Uh, And so we're going to look at that tomorrow. But I hope today, if you're out there and you heard this message of the bridges, think about those around you are you looking for bridges let that be your prayer this week lord help me to to see the bridges to build the bridges with my audience to be able to share let me not be a silent witness let me be bold let me speak biblically let me speak inclusively let me lord speak sufferingly if i need to um, and let me let me engage with the culture and see with divine eyes as I'm looking for those bridges. Craig, thanks for being here today. Uh, You're a good brother. You jumped on in and came on up. Thank you for doing that. It was a blessing to be here, Doug. Thanks very much. And thanks for teaching SWAT. Hey, again, (laughs) we'll be back with more SWAT radio tomorrow. If you want to listen to this or any past broadcast, go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. We'll be back tomorrow with more SWAT radio. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 